Welcome to Stream of Consciousness. How are we doing, folks? I am out taking my client's dog for a walk. Her name is Sheila, so along this episode, you might hear her little collar jingling as we walk along these quiet neighborhood roads. There's a couple of things I want to chat about today. Um, you know, I feel like one of the things that I often talk about is this constant idea that I'm not doing it right. And I, and I think I've started to feel a little bit like that's, that that might be like a broken record. You know, that it seems obvious that there actually aren't any rules and there's actually not a, uh, a way that I could approach my, uh, actions, um, and my projects, uh, the things that I want to do in a way that is going to be so wrong that it'll, it'll, it'll turn people off. Um, and I think that's, that's huge, um, because I think it's something that a lot of us may have in common, the common thread related to this, uh, type of feeling is the stuff that we, from afar, looking out at the potential hobbies or, or, potential music making, art making, food making, uh, exercise regimens, routines, relationships that looking from afar can feel intimidating and feel like if we wanted to do those things, well, then maybe we should, maybe we should have already done them, you know? Stuff like, wow, I'm, I'm 30 years old. What if I wanted to play the saxophone? Shouldn't I have started as a teenager in, in elementary, middle school, high school, college, in my twenties? Um, yoga. Shouldn't I have, how can I, I'm not flexible, right? I've, I've never blown into a, uh, a wind instrument mouthpiece. My tongue and lips don't know what to do, right? But I think one of the things that I, I imagine is a big experience related to this is the way that we might feel about having kids. So many of, of my friends throughout my life now have kids. You know, we're in our late twenties and thirties. And that's a very normal, regular, uh, phase of life to be in. And in the same way that I have no experience playing the saxophone before you're a parent, no matter how much you may have, you know, parented little siblings or had a job as a, as a, you know, babysitter or, changing diapers or all sorts of ways we can be involved with children 
that aren't our own. Um, I imagine that it just happens, right? I can dream all I want about having kids, but nothing will prepare me better than having one. I can imagine all of the beautiful runs and riffs and melodies I could create on the saxophone, but I can't do more than perhaps, you know, listen to songs I'd like to play one day, you know, pick out some baby clothes, you know, get a stroller, get a crib, but none of that stuff is the thing. And so, you know, I, I bookmark TikToks that have a cool vegan recipe, you know? I have a Google Chrome folder, you know, for the past decade of recipes I think are cool, but I haven't made 95% of them. And the big reason why is that I haven't had that in mind when I've been out at the grocery store. I get stuck in a rut when it comes to food, just like I get stuck in a rut when it comes to my daily routine. I don't do much more in my mornings besides get ready and go, right? Like, get ready, get ready. Getting ready can mean a lot to different people. I know people who have incorporated some type of of bodily movement, yoga, stretching, light jogging. And to them, that is a part of getting ready. To me, it's not. Getting ready to a parent might involve so much more preparation that isn't about my own body. Hello, crow. Got a little serenade. I feel myself being a little bit out of breath. Right? I feel myself being a little out of breath. And when I find myself out of breath on this light walk, we just walked up a hill as well. Makes sense. But my, my, my mind immediately goes to, damn, I'm out of shape. I should do this more. I should jog. I wish that I wasn't out of breath. And I extend this critical eye on the me that I've been in the past. I'm really good at extending a critical eye, right? That's, that's kind of how I started talking about this. And I find that, wow, the more that I, uh, verbalize the critical mind, the more that I become accustomed to looking at my life through a critical lens. And that's not inherent to who I am or what I'm capable of. It's just a pattern that I've exercised that has become more natural to me than verbalizing my optimistic mind, than 
sending my attention towards the things that I truly desire. Oh my God. Hey, doggo. Bro, he came out of nowhere. He just peeked his nose under the fence. Did y'all hear me freak the fuck out? Oh my God. You okay, Sheila? That didn't even scare you. I still got goosebumps. That dog still has his nose right under the fence. He just like froze, sniffing. Holy shit. Oh my God, you know, something that I figured out about seven years ago, I was working this office job where I was just basically telemarketing for University of the Rockies, a for-profit online college. I, uh, I was in cubicles. I had some amazing cube mates. And one of the things that I told them after a while uh, at that job, when I, when I became comfortable with them, when, when we really became friends was, hey, guys, if I'm zoned in on something, if I'm not on a call and I'm like writing an email or just basically doing anything on my computer where I'm not talking to someone on the phone, please feel free to come up behind me silently and secretly and just fucking scare me. Just grab my shoulders and yell boo. Just slam your hand down on the on the desk next to me and scare me. And I would always say, I can't buy that kind of adrenaline. Yes, it's crazy to be scared, but isn't it kind of fun? Isn't it like if you can get over the fact that maybe I could have felt embarrassed about almost jumping out of my shoes because some dog just ran into its fence as he sensed Sheila outside on the street. Um, like, if I can get over the, the way that it feels embarrassing to be scared, why does it feel embarrassing to be scared? Because we're not in control. I think that's something that a lot of us try to hide from others or we try to uh, create a sense of control in our lives because it feels more comfortable to think that you're in control. So there's a way that we can maneuver and navigate uh, through the circumstances of our lives to make us feel in more in control, right? This is something that I have found with my addiction, my addiction to getting high, my addiction to weed, is that it became one of the core uh, controllable behaviors of my life. Anytime, morning, noon, or night, if I have weed on me, which I almost always did, I can take a hit, immediately feel that high, immediately feel like I might not be happy, I might not love what I'm doing, I might be procrastinating work or 
household chores or, you know, life stuff. But at least right here, at least in these few moments, these few minutes, as I onboard this drug taking, you know, filtering through my lungs, into my blood, into my brain, I'll feel in control. And another part of that control is that I will, um, is that the aspect of the high dulls the part of my, my perspective that has held a critical eye, right? This is something where it feels like, wow, the more that I experience my sober self, the more I'm like, damn, I am a negative Nelly. And then I'm like, oh, it's this negative mindset that was, is one of the things that I was trying to exert control over because when I would get high, the negativity would fall away, right? And apathy would take its place, right? I'm worried about money, take a hit. Now, all I'm worried about is, you know, where can I get a snack? And I'm gonna spend money, right? When I'm worried about, oh, what am I doing with my life? I take a hit and now I'm worried about okay, what am I going to do in my video game? You know, what video am I going to watch next? Right? So what I can choose to do is look at this addiction and this behavior that was serving me. I wasn't doing it blindly, even though I often wasn't acknowledging it. There was an aspect where I was like, oh, I, I was doing this because I, I was trying to take care of myself. I was trying to create uh, a more comfortable day for myself. And in turn, I could feel more in control. I don't know if I talked about this on... Yeah, I did talk about this, I believe, in the last episode where I locked my keys in my car and had to spend $300 to a locksmith to get them out. Boom, out of control, out of control. Whatever thoughts or whatever I feel about the idea that I would have about spending $300 on something that I don't need, now I have to spend it on something I do need. I do need my keys. I do need to be able to drive my car out from this smoke shop parking lot, right? So all of a sudden, I'm not in control. And some of the most beautiful moments in, in my life have been because of an environment, uh, a series of uh, circumstances that were not my intention, right? That I found myself thrust into that I had to 
navigate through because uh, I couldn't just sit down and, and, and ignore what was happening. And so I find that, ooh, I guess there is a lot of lower stakes experiences where I do have the option to just sit down and ignore what's happening. And in a lot of those cases, that's what I've chosen to do. So I think there, there's a, there's a beautiful uh, way that in this acknowledgement that, wow, when the happenings of my days and weeks become very familiar, very comfortable, right? Uh, very controllable. That can lead me to being less engaged, uh, being less engaged in them than I would if I was, you know, something like traveling across the country, finding a new place to lie my head every night and, and, meeting new people and and being really open and, and having having the the you know all these different experiences or or opportunities be incredibly new all the time come on Sheila um and so I uh I don't know. I think that leads into, you know, part of my, the way that I'm living lately, which is everything's familiar. I have my routine. I have my, my job. I have my comfortable, you know, my home, my roommates. And uh, because of that, I, I tend to choose to go through the motions without really being present in them. This idea that, well, I'm bored of my regular routine, so I might as well check in on the latest NBA podcasts to see what all the NBA teams have been up to the past few days that's a real big one for me i don't really care about the nba but there is always a slew of content on on youtube and podcasts tiktok twitter that always has something new and interesting to for me to consume and that's what I like about it it's always new it's always there I like it because it has become reliable and I think there's a way that I have a frustration with myself because I don't feel like I'm reliable that I'm not a person I can rely on 
I have to continue to push myself through a lot of discomfort in order to uh, to do what I need to do on a regular basis. And there goes, and, and you know, and here is my critical eye. So, let's acknowledge the critical eye. The critical eye says, hey, if we want to improve, this is the critical eye, critical eye. If we want to improve our lives, we must identify the things that we don't like. The things that we are doing that are taking up some of the time that could be harnessed for other things that might lead us more towards an, an experience and an outcome that is more desirable. Okay, fair. I see the, I see the, the validity of that argument. But I can't hammer that into the ground. I can't, I can't just only focus on that. So, optimistic eye. Hey, hey, it's me, the optimistic eye, optimist guy, what's good? You know you're doing good, right? See, doesn't quite feel as authentic, but we gotta play the role, we gotta play the role. We play both sides, right? This is not, life is not one-sided right? We, we volley the tennis ball back and forth between both the negative eye and the optimistic eye, the positive eye. And we are the viewer or, 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 um, I don't know, the referee, or, or we, we have money on both sides, uh, perhaps optimistic eye. Hey, uh, you're more attuned to your desires than you ever have been. Yes, you can always find the flaws. You can always find something to put on that other side of the net. But let's give ourselves a little bit of practice in, in dropping in some aces on the positive side of the net. You're really finding uh, a genuine uh, excitement about the, the potential career path of working uh, with end-of-life care, working with hospice, working as a potential death doula, as a, as a hospice communicator, as a, as a person who doesn't run from those really difficult moments. You didn't have this mentality even just a year ago. I really, I had thought of it before, but it, but it really feels very tangible now, right? It's an aspect of where I am. I'm walking Sheila right now, and she's uh, the dog of one of my elderly clients. So this moment right now is a part of my journey towards that end. I've shifted 
from this more uh, self congratulatory or 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 I, I want to take on I want to experience the uh, the goodness or the I, I want the fame and the fortune and what I realize now is that I want to use my gifts in service of people who could be positively impacted by what it is I have to provide by my insights by my calm presence by my demeanor by my empathy by my ability to find the words to express what I feel needs to be expressed. I'm building something that's not just about me. I've always wanted my life to be just about me. And as I drop that goal, it feels a little scary. I feel like, oh my God, you know, I, I, I just want to stay up all night and, and watch TV and play video games. You know, I just want to, I just want to spend my last dollar on amazing food for myself. Again, back to this idea of like, what changes when, when we have children? Our lives are no longer just about us. And we don't need children in order to have that realization, but it looks like it would be easier. A part of me longs to have a child so that I wouldn't have to keep forcing myself to, to, to care about others, to, to show up for others without, without being paid, without needing reciprocation. And I feel guilty that I haven't really done that a whole lot. See? That negative eye loves to creep in, even when I'm trying to be positive. You know? So, I think this is good. I think taking the time to, to acknowledge where you're at, how you've changed, what you want, how you're doing good. It's powerful. Thanks for listening. I feel excited about uh, my life these days. And uh, it's not always easy. But I believe in you just like I believe in me. And I believe we can help each other out. That's what we're here to do. We don't, we don't take on life alone. We've never been alone. Sometimes we have felt alone. A lot of the aloneness that we've felt, a lot of it has been because we've been the ones isolating ourselves. But uh, we're never stuck. We really are never stuck. And if you feel stuck right now, I want you to know it's not gonna be that way forever. Never hesitate to reach out. 
to someone who you might feel guilty about reaching out for or reaching out to family, friends, professionals, or hit me up. We'll have a conversation on the podcast or just over the phone. A really deep, really personal, long conversation with someone who really cares, who really, who really knows how to listen. That can really turn a day around, turn a week around, turn a life around. So with that, I thank you again for being you. I thank me again for being me. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye. What's good, bro? Claudia, what's up? Yo, we got a lot on our minds some days. That's all right. Yo, thank you, homie. Yo, who this crazy LA boy out here? Yo, craziness is in the places that I've been going and I ain't keeping track of all the destinations where I'm flowing to. I'm just going to where I'm meant to go and I remember I don't keep itineraries and I don't really keep very good memories. But I'm taking a few pictures, but mostly just vibes, freestyle vibes. I am alive. Nobody telling me how I can live. Live? I'm just trying to avoid lots of the old fibs that I was telling because I was just hiding my shame. Now I know that it's not a game. I know that I can expose myself and vulnerability is the way it's the way that i connect with all the homies out in this world and i know that i'm stepping towards lots of femininity and it's coming true and it feels good to me and i love to be this man and this guy and this person and i fly high every single moment i've been thinking about the places where i'm headed look destination's really dope because it's really nice to know a destination and a direction mostly like a compass direction because i don't really know where fuck i is headed but i know that i'm going with them good intentions I've been learning how to make a many million friends I know that life will never end Cause we just want consciousness My westness may disappear someday I will always be here I am the light behind these eyes I can learn to find all the different ways I can vibe with this light I can learn not to hide That's what Jesus said Is shut that light shine Cause these bushel baskets stay as covered with shame And cover it up And life is a game But sometimes I don't really know why We get so curled up inside life and then we can curl up in our bed in depressive states and just binge watch and just binge eat but i know it's hard because i'm here with you and i do the same so we do what we do because we coming true this life and i know we got ups and downs and even if you was really down like rock bottom that's okay if it's middle bottom then there's no way you can go up but you could go down on another day so what you need to come to terms with is how you can get the recipe from shit that you didn't plan from shit that you never planned from shit that you don't really know where the fuck are we supposed to go nobody told me the answers i got these questions and now we got google but i just need to learn to trust myself i know that all the answers are out there but they ain't be recipe for me i know that i am so complete but i need to remember me in those moments when i have old fucked up tendencies that's like some old habits and some old patterns but we change this shit and we healing shit and we growing shit and i'm telling you i'm in love with this life Ooh wee.